G'day. Welcome back to the Ingredient X podcast. For anyone that is new, this podcast is about investigating the line that exists between being born with natural ability and developing habits that breed success. As COVID-19 restrictions are lifting in Australia, now is the perfect time to talk about taking care of your most valuable asset, yourself, your body and your mind. Today, I have a speaker you sort of have to see to believe, but for social distancing reasons, hearing her is the next best thing. Today's speaker describes herself online as an international youth speaker, change maker, connector, TV host, and she's not lying. Sonia Karras has captivated audiences all around the world, delivering the messages in her numerous seminars, books, and audio interviews that bring people together and commentate on our one shared quality, the human experience. Apart from sharing memes on her Instagram story, Sonia has an air about her that is difficult to describe at first. It's unconventional, yet entirely relatable. Some of us might be used to having internal dialogue with ourselves at or about things that we find puzzling, things we don't understand. But I think it's refreshing to have someone so clearly in the corner of those struggling for once. And that's what Sonia does. Her books instruct parents, her seminars instruct students, and I think it's precisely this that defines her mission, an unmitigated, unrelenting, pure mission to help others. So seriously, sit back and enjoy the Sonia Karras interview. Continue the conversation with me on Instagram at Grady Tyson, and now Facebook at The Ingredient X Podcast. Enjoy. Yeah, I, I suppose anyone paying a, a visit to your Instagram bio, um, Sonia, can find out in a matter of a few clicks that you are very well established as a public figure. I mean, you have a book called The Two Worlds of Your Teenager. You have an entire show with a lady named Sasha um, and your own podcast called Secret Life of Teens, just to mention a few of your pursuits. In your second year of business, you were awarded the 2001 Australian Drug Foundation Award for the Excellence in Schools-Based Responses, and you were the first Australian Ambassadors for International Women's Entrepreneurship Day at the United Nations NYC. Sasha and you together have spoken to over 1 million teenagers in 18 years. So to start, I was just wondering if you could tell us a bit about who you are, what you're passionate about, and how you would describe your own profession. All right. Well, thanks so much for having me on. This is pretty exciting in the middle of a uh, pandemic. <laughs> um, I know we're we're in the crazy times. Um, okay, so I guess I I started. I, I was one of those young people that I just did not know what I wanted to do when I finished year twelve. I think I probably partied way too much in year twelve, if I'm honest. And um, at the end of it, I was kind of like, I don't know really, I just thought about some stuff and then wasn't really excited about much, but I'd already been working in hospitality for a couple of years, just sort of part-time and really thought, okay, there's, I really enjoyed that part of life and thought, I really enjoy socialising. Why don't I get paid for the first part of the night and then go out with my friends in the second part of the night and I've already made some money and I'm kind of in the party scene anyway and I thought maybe I'll meet some people that are kind of connected and, uh, you know, I won't have to line up and that was my whole rationale, you know, get paid for it and then they can come in and we'll go and, and play after that. And so that really was what I dived into and I left home sort of when I turned 18 and so I had to support myself and so I just went straight into working in in the hospitality industry. So uh, behind the bar, waitressing promotions, you know, I, I, I did everything, got my crowd controller's license and, and uh, was running venues and managing events at places. And, and just sort of 10 years later, I found that I'd kind of done everything that I wanted to do within the industry. And I was kind of over not having weekends to myself anymore. Um, because you just never do yeah and so because uh, you're working and I was you know all doing these crazy hours like I was at one point I had a full-time position at a computer company computer software company and I was also working Thursday night Friday night Saturday night Sunday night as well until sort of three four o'clock in the morning so I just couldn't sustain it any longer so after 10 years I thought you know what I know I've got all these stories and I know a lot about the industry and I think having done heaps of drama in school and and not being afraid to sort of get up in front of an audience, I thought, how can I put those two things together and see how that plays out? So 
I went to my old school principal and I said, right, I've got this idea for a program. What do you think? And he said, hang on a sec. And he grabbed four year 12 students and put them in front of me and said, if they like it, I'll give you a shot. So I, oh, yeah. No okay. yeah. Yeah. So, and luckily they were a little more enthusiastic than your normal year 12 students <laughs> were. So I got, I got the gig. And I remember calling my mum after my first seminar and just saying, I've, that's, this is it. I've found it. This is the thing that I want to do forever because I got such a high out of it. And I felt like I was helping and, you know, people enjoyed and they got information out of it and they kind of didn't even realise that they were being educated as they were, as they were having fun along the way. And so, um, yeah, I've been doing that for a really, really long time now and I do more than 200 presentations every year. I work in New York um, uh, and New Zealand as well, so I guess you call me international now. <laughs> um and, yeah, there's been so many other little side projects that I've done over the years, but this is my baby. This is the main thing that I, that I absolutely adore doing. That's, that's actually fantastic. And I've seen you speak, Sonia. You spoke to yeah. my Year 12 cohort um, at the start of last year, and you spoke amazingly. Yeah. I was actually wondering um, what sort oh. of goes through your head before you get up there. Are you nervous at all after talking to over one million of us? No, I just, I just, I can't get like, get me in that room and let's go. That's how I feel Yeah, every single That's time. Great. Absolutely. Like I love it so much, Grady. It's my, it's my thing. It, um, it is probably one of the places where I feel the happiest is on stage just or in a room. And sometimes that'll be with 10 people and other times it's been with, you know, four, 4,000 people and, and, and in every situation, it, it energizes me. And I can do four or five seminars in a day, some, have sometimes, and everyone's like, oh, you must be exhausted. No, love it so much. Because it's not just, it's, it's often that I'm actually saying very similar things as I'm presenting because I have a structured set of information that I need to get across. But it's all those little bits in between that I get to make up and I get to play with the audience. And, you know, someone will ask me a question and well, that'll take us on a bit of a, a left turn for a second and then we get to come back again and sometimes I have to work really hard to get the audience on my on my side and when that transition goes from oh, what's she gonna say you know another boring speaker um, and I physically I, I see their physical body language change to from sitting back to oh this is going to be boring to actually sitting forward and and really like locking in with me that's like my drug that's your drug mm. Yeah, wow. I was checking out your uh, your LinkedIn as prep for this conversation, actually. Um, and on your LinkedIn, you have a link to the interview you did with Gary V. Yeah, that was that's, pretty cool. Yeah, that's something not a lot of people get the opportunity <laughs> to experience, like yeah. ever. Um, yeah. What was that like for you? It was sick. So <laughs> I went to, I don't even know how to say it better than that. It was just, it was one of those crazy kind of, um, pinch yourself a moment so do you want to know how we ended up with that interview I would love to so I've been watching because I love to see some other speakers you know I sit I love to sit in audiences and see how they do things and um, and learn from them and I think that you can always just learn something from somebody and whether it's just their their body language or um, their confidence or their content or their, how they try and turn people around. Like I'm so interested. I love psychology. I love seeing people's, reading people's body language. And um, that's why I'm kind of, um, I think, walking into a room, I'm, I'm pretty good at summing up the energy and real and real recognising where, where it has to be. But you can always learn. So I started watching some of Gary Vee's stuff and I thought, oh, this guy's like, you know, he's, he's where I would like to get to. He's getting paid, you know. 100 to 300 grand for a speaking gig and you know he's flown around the world and he has a team of people that that go with him and he's he's having significant impact and I'm watching his audience grow all the time and I just think oh you know he's one of his he's and I think he does it there's some things that I really jam with it with Gary he's he's casual in his approach and he you know, doesn't he's very real and he doesn't mind using using a bit of language and um, you know and he's pretty he's just he he's obviously super successful but also has gratitude and empathy and all of those things that I really gel with as well. So 
so I thought, how do we get to this guy? You know, how do we, how do we get to sit with Gary V? Because you can't just DM a guy that's got six million followers, right? So <laughs> how am I going to work this out, right? So um, he was coming to Australia, and Sasha and I thought, right, we need to get a ticket to go. So we did. We paid a little bit extra. This was a few years ago to get the VIP experience, which meant that we got a photo with him. Okay, so thought, all right, how am I gonna? How would? And this is something that Sasha and I have done our whole business partnership lives is how do we do something a little bit different so we stand out? So, in the background, um, a really interesting thing about Gary is that he has a right hand woman working in his organisation, and she her title is the chief health officer. And so, sorry, Chief Heart Officer, Chief Heart Officer. And she is responsible for making sure that every one of his 800 plus employees is doing okay. And the culture within the teams is, is good and that she's, you know, just taking care of the well-being of all of these people. Now, she doesn't have 6 million followers. She's got a few thousand. So I thought, right, I've got a better chance of, of, um, of connecting with her. So I sort of started DMing and just I love your content, you know, really gel with your, your vibe, da-da-da, and genuinely thought that I really thought this woman is brilliant. And then she was answering back. And so we had a little just bit sort of a bit of a chat going on, which was pretty cool. And then the night before we went to see Gary, I sent Claude a message and I said, you're going to see the main man tomorrow. Have you got anything, any messages for him? And she said, oh, you're going to have a great time. It's, you'll love him. Yeah, just tell him that I love him. And I was like, sweet, no problem. So when we watched him speak, obviously, you know, he was, he was great and he holds that audience so well and everybody just really loves him and the vibe in the room was amazing. And then afterwards we lined up and we bought gifts because we always, our mantra in business is we always give before we ask. So, um, and Sasha and I have this kind of one-two punch thing going on. So um, I'll give something and then she'll be the person who will ask or vice versa, okay? So we're lined up in this queue to go and have the photo taken with Gary and uh, I'm first, okay? So I go you up and – couldn't go together? Yeah, no, well, I'm first and then she's – yeah, no, there was no togethers. There was just one each, right? So I'm first. Okay. I've got the gifts. I've got bags of um, – and, you know, he loves streetwear. He loves wearing that sort of streetwear stuff. So – Mates of ours um, had put together this social enterprise called Homey and they make streetwear and sell it and then they donate clothing to people who are experiencing homelessness here in Melbourne. So they make this really awesome streetwear. So bought some of that for him, bought some, gave him a copy of our book, a couple of bits and pieces, had it in a couple of gift bags, one for him, one for Claude. My turn. Hi, Gary. Here's some presents for you. Great to meet you you know, thank you so much for, for all that you do for the world and think you're great, da-da-da, and um, I've got a message from you. And he's like, he's heard all that stuff before, Grady, right? He's just, that that's just all the same stuff that everybody says. And then I said, hey, I've got a message from Claude for you. And he's like, oh. what? You've been chatting to Claude? I said, yeah, I have. And, um, and he said, oh, I said, she's a beautiful person. And he said, yep, she really is. And I said, she just said to, to say that she loves you. And he's like, oh, that's so awesome. Thank you. Thank you for telling me that, right? So I'm like, cheese, smile, smile for the camera, bang, you're next. Because he's got a line of like 100 people to get a photo taken, right? So I'm out. Next up is Sasha. Sasha jumps in and she's like, oh, that's my business partner, Sonia. We've got a podcast and we'd really love it if you would be on our podcast. And he's like, yeah, cool. Set it up with Claude. Oh, no way. Yeah, yeah, okay. And we were like sick, right? And so she Finished. says to me, she like she walks a couple of steps after having her photo taken and she says, I just asked him to be on our podcast and he said yes. I turn around and look at him and go, what the beep? <laughs> she goes, yes, 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 I'll do it. Look it up with Claude. I'd be happy to. Did, did you know we, that she was going to ask that to, to didn't Gary? Didn't know. No. Didn't know. Oh, wow. I can't remember if I knew. can't remember if I knew, but we were like, no, actually, sorry, bad, my bad. I did, yeah, we, I did because we'd like. She said, "You give the stuff, and I'll see if he'll, he'll, you know." Cut. All right, so ends up, you know, once we found out, we just were doing cartwheels, and then we thought, okay, I said to Sasha, I don't want to do this online. He's in New York. We need to go to New York, and she said, "Yes, you are correct. We need to do that." So we we literally sorted out our lives and jumped on a plane. 
And we were there in New York for my first time ever and I was there for six nights and it was just the most whirlwind trip. And, yeah, we got to go to VaynerMedia and sit in the office and interview Gary and he was extremely generous with his time. We were only supposed to have 20 minutes and we ended up being there for 45 with him. And this is a man who's timed, his life is timed by the minute. Like he at one point, and you know what, Grady, the, you know the greatest, the greatest, um, the greatest in their field I have always found, the people that I've met that have been like the top of their field have this ability to just lock in with you and make you feel like you're the only person in the world. And they just look at you and they just, their total attention is on you. He was like that for the whole time, except for one moment where he said, excuse me, Sonny, just excuse me, girls, one second. He looked up at his chief of staff and he said, Tyler, how how far am I behind? And he said, you're, you're 13, you know, you're 13 and a half minutes behind. And he said, okay, no problem. Looked back at us and he said, let's do a few more minutes. That's so exact. Oh, to the, like he's to the second, yeah. you know, because he's got so much going on. And then. And we did this interview and then we went and interviewed Claude as well. And so we've got, you know, her interview on our podcast and then we hung out with his team um, and spent the whole day there. We bought Tim Tams for everyone. And Yeah, I saw um, that on the table, Tim Tams and Vegemite. We had Tim Tams, Vegemite, a footy, a footy because we're ambassadors for an organisation called Footies for All and they donate sporting equipment to underprivileged communities around the world. And so there's a footy on that, you know, on, on that, on that shelf in that, in that sort of famous office that he has where all he's, got, he's got all these bits and pieces in the background. But it was pretty awesome and it was put together by just, you know, wanting to just have that little tiny edge that I think you call it the, the, the X factor, yeah? Yeah, that's yeah, the, the ingredient X. I suppose that's what what this whole podcast is about. And I don't know if you've seen the uh, the comments on that video, but a lot of people think it's the best podcast he's ever done. So just kudos to you guys for, for setting that up. Yes. That's like that's you have an amazing cool. talent to be able to ask him the right question at the right time. Well, it was pretty awesome because at the time the he films everything that he does, yeah. So um, he had uh, this young girl there who was filming um, our segment and then afterwards she said I just want to tell you that I've never heard that stuff that he spoke about with you and that was the thing that we went into the room we just wanted to be different again we wanted to say okay he says lots of people ask him the same kinds of questions and so he hear a lot of the content he repeats because he's getting asked the same stuff and so we were we were asking him things and she said oh it's fascinating to listen to because I haven't heard that about him before he's never spoken about that stuff before so yeah that was pretty cool to hear that as well that's so cool um, let's bring it back to you though, Sonia. Talk mm. to me about the Australian Teenage Expo and your involvement in that. Yeah, so we, um, Sasha and I went, we were, had uh, babies at the same time. We've had two boys, two, one's two and a half months apart, the other one's two weeks apart, both boys, uh, being pregnant together. And so we, we, we went to this expo. We didn't know what babies were all about. So we went to this ba- babies expo in Melbourne and what came out with all these big bags of filled with stuff about what to do with babies and what prams to have them in and how to put nappies on them and how to get them to school and stuff. And um, I, I remember we had this conversation as we were walking out and we said, there's nothing like this for teenagers, which is our market. And uh, she said, yeah, I think you're right. So we sort of sat on that for about a year and had our had an, oh, about a year and a half and had our little boys and and then as we said to each other, right, let's get this thing started. And we just began uh, the process of putting us. We thought maybe a smallish expo together. Mm. We did our first year at uh, Mini Valley Racecourse. Mm, we had about five thousand come through the doors That's for that for that event. Yeah, it was huge. And there was big, three big parts to the expo. So there was, um, what we wanted to do was put everything that a young person needed to know about in the one, in the one room at the one time and everything that a parent of a teenager would need access to information on. So we had three, three sort of major sections. One was, um, uh, education options. So either mainstream or alternative, you know, courses, training organizations, et cetera, universities. The other one was products, so anything from sort of mobile phones to driving lessons to, you know, hair care, beauty stuff. And the other one was agencies. So anything, we, we identified anything that would be a problem or an issue for young people from mental health to eating disorders, sexual health, um, you know, anything that they struggled with, bullying, etc. 
and we had an agency or an organisation that represented or could help with those issues for young people. And then we had one major rule. We said everyone who walks into this room as an exhibitor or a, um, or a, or a patron, it has to be fun. So if you're going to come and sit at your stand and look at your phone for the whole day, you need to go away. We don't want you. You have to be here and do something really cool to engage with them because, you know, a young person's not going to walk up and say, hey, I've got a mental health issue, you know, can we chat? They're just not doing that. So we had these organisations in there playing games and, you know, doing really cool fun activities so that, you know, and they could slip them a card or a little, you know, squishy ball with their website or their phone number on it and then they'd go away and contact the agency later on if they felt comfortable doing that and we had great success with that so yeah then the next year we went to the Melbourne showgrounds then we had around the sort of 9,000 mark come through the doors for the next three almost double that's insane yeah and then we took it around Australia so we went to every state and territory around Australia with the expo we toured it to um, different schools and um, uh, big you know sort of venues around Australia and then, yeah, so that was five years, five years of running. And it ended up being Australia's largest youth event of its kind. Um, yeah. I guess the, the brands and the universities, were they eager to represent themselves the first year or was it sort of something they were, yeah, that you sold them and then they came back sort of thing? No, <laughs> they weren't. Well, we had to work our butts off because they were like, who are you? You're a new kid on the block. So we had to work pretty hard to get the exhibitors on on board because there was the Age and the Herald Sun um, Careers Expos that had been around forever and ever and that was really the only thing that was sort of in that youth space, um, you know, of our kind of thing. And there was another big sort of youth expo that was quite different to what we were doing. And so... Yeah, they had. We had to really work hard, um, but we did well. We had lots of um, major brands on, um, involved. We had McDonald's was one of our sponsors one year. We had, um, oh, for a few, a few years actually. We had One Three Cabs, Red Cross, lots of different um, of the big brands. Some of the biggest global brands actually were involved in the expo, and so we're pretty proud of it. But the thing that I think we're probably most proud of with the expo is that we we were able to put. I think once it worked out, once we'd finished, we had about, I don't know, nearly 60,000 young people had been involved with the expo over those years. That's a massive number. Yeah, and we didn't have one fight. There There was not one issue with the young people. There was no problems whatsoever. It was just this safe space where we would do a big show. So there was an auditorial theatre that would seat 1,500 students and we'd do two or three shows a day. And we would pump them up with that show. We'd speak on on whatever theme we had going for that year, get them all pumped up and excited and then throw them into the exhibition space, which was 3,000 square metres, I think, of exhibition space. And then they would feel pretty good about themselves walking into that room and then they'd have this whole space where everyone was there just for them. So the the relationships and the um, the connections and um, that have come from that expo and for even now, you know, we, we sort of talk to people and they say, oh, we met such and such at your expo and we've done this together. And so we, we, we don't even know the sort of impacts that we've had, but it's been really awesome to hear how many people have know each other and have done some um, great projects together because of that, that place. And I guess also the, just the fact that there was lots of young people who were able to access support because of that event, that's, that's something that we that we really love. I'll give you an example. We had um, uh, an organisation called Childwise who were one of our exhibitors and they just did a very simple in interaction at their stand. They had a, a sort of a banner on their wall and they asked you to walk up and just put a message of positivity onto the onto this banner and um, and then they were able to walk away with uh, just a little, I think it was some kind of trinket that had their you know information on it. Childwise work against um, child exploitation, exploitation and, and sexual abuse, and and we were like, oh, that's it's so cool that you're a part of it. Not thinking for a second that they would be having lots of people call and or interact with them and 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 disclose, um, you know, something that they'd been struggling with or that they'd been exposed to, you know, child um, sexual assault. So 
it was uh, shocking. It was bittersweet to get a call from them the Monday after the first expo that they had in, uh, with us and they said we've had more than 300 calls from young people who were at the expo, you know, wanting to get support and wanting to sort of disclose things that had happened to them. And so, you know, I mean, horrific as that is, it's, it's, we're really proud that they, that we could provide that space for them so that they could feel comfortable enough to actually say, right, I'm, I've, I've, I've been exposed to this or I've struggled with this. Ha- help me. Yeah. I mean, otherwise that would be 300 people that continued to, to suffer. Correct. Yeah. 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 Um. So, I suppose shifting the conversation to now, there's no doubt that uh, either either way, COVID nineteen or coronavirus has affected our daily lives. What has that meant for you in both a professional and personal sense, Sonia? Professionally, I have zero gigs for this whole term of school. So, I was. I had more than 70 presentations booked in for this term of, of, for these three months. Um, sorry, 20 before before the end of term one and then for, for term two. So that's wiped out. I've done one seminar online, um, which I was very grateful for the school for doing that, but it's a, such a weird sort of, um, mm. you know, thing to do is to speak to a screen <laughs> that you don't even have a face on, you know, you don't even need anyone up, to guys. look at. Yeah. <laughs> And so I'm kind of going, oh, is anyone there? <laughs> How are my jokes yeah. going over? Like, is anyone laughing? Because <laughs> you feel like you feel like you're sort of out there by yourself. It's just you deliver a line, and then there's crickets. You know, <laughs> so you go, oh, okay. I wonder if that works. <laughs> um, ha ha in the chat. <laughs> yeah, give me a ha ha. Give me some, and the chat function wasn't working, so I had literally zero interaction with anybody. Wow. So yeah, it was okay. really sad. So yeah, I've lost all my gigs, which is really. Um, uh, financially, it's it's a quarter of my yearly earnings has disappeared, which is a, a massive hit to anyone. Um, but in terms of of just my joy of every day, I love my job, Grady. Like I adore what I do. I, I it's still more than twenty years later. I still get the same buzz, that same buzz as though. I did the first time and so not being able to do what I love and also feeling useful um, is, yeah, I'm, I'm, not, I'm, not, um, I'm not loving that, I've got to say. Um, personally, I have a couple of young boys that I'm homeschooling and that is not my favourite thing to do, I've worked out. Yeah, that must be tough. <laughs> Pretty tough. quickly. One's in grade six and one's in grade one and... Yeah, I'm not loving it. I'm taking my hat off and wanting to boost up the paychecks of all the teachers. Yeah. Because, wow, they do a great job. Yeah, I suppose everyone has a little bit more respect for for teachers nowadays. (laughs) I mean, I had respect before, but this is like another way. People should be be picked up in Bentleys and driven and they should give them what they want, give them everything they want (laughs) because what a tough gig. Wow. Um, have you found that people are turning to you during this time for, for guidance? Yeah, I've tried to really keep in contact with um, the people that I have on Instagram and social media because I really want to. I've, I mean, I've, I'm always said to everybody and I think I probably I definitely would have said it to your, um, your year level is that chuck me messages, send me, you know, your questions, your thoughts, your um, you want to have a chat happy to be here and always have said that and it's I love social media for that because that just opens up the floodgates to anyone who wants to you know get advice or just have a chat have a laugh you know and I I speak to people on on the daily basis who are um, and I've connected with over social media and I'm really liking that lots of young people are struggling I've done a few lives during the, the 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 corona thing so that I've just said, how are we all doing? Let's have a bit of a laugh about this. Let's just let's just try to get a bit of perspective. It, it'll be over. Just just trying to pump a bit of positivity out there because it's been really hard, especially for the year twelve students. That it's really messed with their year and will continue to mess with their year. So yeah, it's just of, the uncertainty. Absolutely, and some people are really 
are doing okay with it now. Like that's their kind of new normal. And now that the Victorian government have said, okay, we're, we're, ta- we're bringing you back, they're kind of like, well, I just got into my jam here. So I just got into the groove of doing this. So, what, you know, now you're going to disrupt me again. So I think it will it will really be a big lesson in resilience this year for a lot of um for a lot of students, for a lot of, well, for a lot of the world, really, for a lot of people, but especially for my world of young people. Yeah. Do you have any tips for handling those uncomfortable emotions that people might yeah, have during I'm, isolation? I'm just saying it's all right to feel any way that you want to feel. Um, I think I, I look at social media a lot and there's a lot of people who are saying, if you don't come out of this pandemic with, you know, three degrees and <laughs> and you know, the ability to make macrame and, you know, cook three-course meal and do plastic surgery, then you've lost, you've wasted your time, right? So I just think, oh, it's too much pressure. So I just I just say just sit in your feelings, feel how you feel and do whatever it is that you need to make yourself feel good. Um, and I've got some go-to things that I always say to young people and to myself, music must have, whatever, just put it in your ears and blast away exercise doesn't matter what whatever makes you feel good whatever you like whatever pumps you up we all have those tracks that you listen to and you go oh I just love that song oh it makes me feel good you know gets me gets me going um exercise and it doesn't have to be professional anything it just it just has to be moved because your brain just releases that good stuff into your system those good feel good chemicals and you actually do feel better so you have to you know just go for a walk, run up and down the stairs, download an app, do a, you know, 30-minute class on YouTube, whatever it is that you just move. Um, laugh, whatever it is that makes you laugh. I speak to my business partner, Sasha, every day and we just laugh at the most stupid, ridiculous things, inappropriate things. We've got this rule that there's nothing you can't laugh at. So, you know, and we tease each other relentlessly and there's no ego, so it doesn't hurt. It's just all fun and games. And um, so whatever that is, you know, whoever you gel with, with in terms of a comedian or um, or a movie or, or just I pee myself uh, watching, looking at <laughs> autocorrect fails. I think that is some of the funniest stuff. Yeah, yep, yep. <laughs> in the, like I just love it. I, I can... I can shake with laughter reading some of that stuff. So whatever it is that you, you know, whatever sort of sense of humour you've got, just find what makes you laugh because, again, it releases good, good chemicals into your body and, uh, and help somebody, help somebody else. So get out of your own head and do something nice for somebody else. That's some really good advice. Mm, that's what's got me through, I think, this thing as well is just doing those things, going back to basics and doing that stuff myself. What's the first thing we will see Sonia doing after all the restrictions <laughs> are gone? Get me back into those schools, man. I can't wait yeah. to get back in. Let me at them. <laughs> and it's hurting me that, the, that they, we can't have any assemblies this term. There's, there's been already the mandate that there's no assemblies and no large gatherings. So I'm praying for a lowering of those restrictions for term three so I can get back to doing the thing that I love the yeah, most. true because I suppose it doesn't matter if everyone's back at school. If you can't congregate, then That's it. you still can't. Yeah. That's it. So we might try and do some uh, some breaking down of those numbers. So there's some schools that have said we'll just put you in one classroom and then patch you into a few others. And so you're not just you're not standing in front of a massive group. You're just standing in front of one classroom. But just give me that give me that contact with an audience, you know. I miss it so much. <laughs> give me that human interaction. Yeah, give me that. I want to talk to people in person. I want to have adult conversations and oh, I want to get on a plane and go back to one of my favourite places, New York, and, you know, and work over there. And um, yeah, that'll be a while off, I think. So, yeah. I, actually, we, we probably would have been there uh, this month speaking over there and back again in October. So we're missing out on a whole lot of that stuff this year as well. So, yeah, it's a very, very interesting, crazy time in the world, isn't it? Do you think people's attitudes will change towards sort of mass gatherings and, and a bunch of people together after being alone for, mm. for so long? Yeah, I don't know. I, I don't know how this is going to play out. I think Aussies are craving, we're craving the company, as you can see. Just on the news, you know, <laughs> lowering of the restrictions, and then all of a sudden everybody's at <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so, party time, shopping right? centre. Yeah. 
<laughs> so I think we kind of we, we're so social here, aren't we? So um, I, I don't know how long it's going to be before we get back to the MCG and ninety thousand, but I hope it's not too long because man, I just love that. I really miss it. Really miss yeah, that. Yeah, it's, it's sort of just hurting everyone a little bit. Yeah, and I also hope that people could kind of take away. I also heard a lot of people saying it's been really nice to just just slow it down and spend more time with family and you know have time to just take care of themselves so and be grateful for what we had before i hope that that's one of the messages that we take yeah. out of this we're seeing a heap of people transition to working from home do you think it's mm. been long enough to to change those perceptions about the value of working from home i probably uh for what i do i that's I don't think it's going to work that well that way. Um, for a lot of other companies, I'm sure it would. I'm sure actually I'm seeing and hearing that there's lots of um, companies are saying, well, we'll go to a system where you can work two or three days at home. And uh, so that might have, yeah, a bit of an impact on on some of those big buildings that we see hundreds and hundreds of employees in and they'll they'll be working from home instead and that cuts down on overhead. So, yeah, there might be a big shift in terms of that kind of corporate area, um, but certainly hope not for what I do. I don't want to be home on a computer. <laughs> I, need to yeah. be, I want to be in front of people. Yeah. Especially if you can't get any feedback. Yeah, well, I mean, so much of it is just seeing the the faces and the reactions to what I'm saying and also um, – when I did the seminar the other day with this school, there was some cheeky guy who kept on muting my microphone. Oh, really? <laughs> and I just, yeah. And I just, like, that would piss a lot of people off. To me, I was <laughs> laughing. I was like, I love, it brings me actual joy to think there's a, a guy sitting in his bedroom at home going, yeah, I'm just going to, I'm going to turn the microphone off. That'll be funny, you know. <laughs> I just thought, what's up? That's so good. Like that's gold to me. And I sort of tend to be able to seek out that, you know, that sort of sassy guy, that sassy person in the audience. And and they're the ones that I tend to kind of play with a little bit while in my backwards and forwards banter. Yeah, I remember you, you did know, that in the audience. Yeah. <laughs> that was funny. Oh, did I really? I see. That's what definitely, I'm talking about. Definitely. Yeah. So there's always like a, yeah, it wasn't you, was I it, Grady? I don't, I don't remember <laughs> that much. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. But I just there's always like that one person that I go right. You you, you look like you you kind of can take, you know, can take a bit of backwards and forwards banter. Let's go, and it, it, it you know it's, it works out pretty well most of the time. And I love that young person who's sassy. You don't have to listen to what I'm saying and just take it all in. You want to come back at me? Ask you know yeah. Well, actually, what do you think about this? Or you know, no, I don't agree with you. Good. Let's go. Let's get some conversation. Yeah, happening. I think I think the funniest part of this whole thing is that person's probably the most likely to remember everything you said during your your session. Yeah, yeah, right, exactly right. So, um, and I'm happy for it. I love that backwards and forwards, and I love that. Um, I love the challenge. Yes, definitely challenge me. Come at me with your argument. I want to hear what you've got to say. Um, I, that's another thing that's super important to me is that I love working with young people I love their opinions their thoughts they've got this fresh take on the world that I will never be tired of hearing about and I don't I don't uh I don't buy into that oh millennials you know the avocados mate blah, blah, avocados. Blah, blah. yeah yeah you know yeah I don't buy into that that's that's trash yeah. to me I um I've worked with young people for 20 years and I just think that yeah just you've got it you've got some amazing things to say and offer and I'm all ears. Has your attitude to productivity changed while you've been at home? Um, I am stuck in the homeschooling cloud and so I'm just I'm, I'm, I'm trying to get through the day. In the background, um, I'm my goal this year, I always have, Sasha and I always have a, a major project that we do each year. So you said at the start of our podcast today that um, – I've got a book and we have a TV show and we did the expo and international speaking, that kind of stuff. And so that's kind of progressed over a number of years. We've done one of those big things each year. And so this year 
I said to Sash, I think we should make a documentary on speaking and young people. And she said, yeah, let's do that. So we, we've just been working on that in the background. So, but not, I have not as been, I've not been as productive as I would have thought I would be given the time that we have at home to do this. But then I also underestimated the the difficulty of homeschooling a couple of boys that yeah it's exhausting I've got to say and I'm not shy to jump in and roll my sleeves up but it's it's very full-on very full-on yeah I mean especially since you've got work that you've dedicated yourself to to have to sort of take a step back from that and be like it's okay if I don't sort of get as much achieved in that regard as I would have liked to today I know that I am, you know, delivering a, a home education at the same time. So your time is still very important. Yeah, I'm trying to look at it like that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> a lot of the time I sit at the table and go, P as in panda, can you just write the word, please? Can I just write the goddamn word, you know? And then I, and I think oh, I've actually considered myself to be a pretty switched on smart person and I'm sitting here begging a six-year-old to write P as in panda. <laughs> And that's going to be my contribution to the world today. Woohoo! You, you never know what what uh, domino effect that's going to have. Yeah, right. I hope so. <laughs> right now, it doesn't feel like it, but yeah, I'm so in the in the future sometime. <laughs> what advice would you have, Sonia, for someone looking to get into what you do as a profession? Ah, oh, just jump in. You know, just jump in if you've got if you've got something to say and you're um, and you're really fired up about it, then then please, people need people need your words. They need your ideas. They need uh, what you have. And just to start, uh, I always say to get a lot of inquiries. Oh, I really really want to do what you do. Okay, well, cool. So go speak at every speaking opportunity you have. So um, you know, there's there's Rotary organisations and this uh, city councils and youth councils and you know through schools and universities whatever opportunity you have to stand up in front of an audience and and practice do that and I always say you can't make a mistake when you're speaking because they don't know what you're going to say so there's nothing to be nervous about because you there's no script you're just going to you're just going to give them information and so you can't get it wrong. Yeah, they're not expecting anything of you before you start, I suppose. That's it, yeah. And just to be, I mean, just be funny. Let's just be, lots of, <laughs> lots of people say to me, oh, we just love that you didn't tell us what to do and, and speak down to us. And and I'm like, yeah, of course, I would hate that. I would hate being in an audience where somebody said, don't do this, don't do that. Yeah. So yeah. I've never done it. I mean, I suppose it's just about what most effectively conveys your message and, and you don't want to be hated at the same time too. Totally. I mean, my mantra is have as much fun as you possibly can, but if you do it right, you get, you get to do it as much as you want. You get to keep on doing it. So um, I'm all about having fun. I, just, I would never say don't. I'd just go, okay, let's just do it like this and then we get to keep on doing it. So you've published a book, Sonia. Talk to me about like what motivated you to do that, and and how did you how do you go about the publishing like a, an edition of your own co-authored book? Yeah, so that was um again, uh, Sasha, uh, Sasha and I did that together, and it was originally going to be aimed at young people, and we had a few other people on board, and this was a long time ago, and then the global financial crisis hit, and no one was publishing anybody unless you were. Um, Harry Potter author so we chucked it on hold for a while and picked it up and put it down and then we changed the the emphasis to be towards parents of teenagers and thought it's often a time you know parents kind of don't know what's going on in teenagers lives and what what to expect out there and then certainly not their careers have changed so much over the years it's 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 a normal thing to be making money from social media in, in one way or another and that's certainly not something that parents of today would have had the option to do. So it's a really, it's a, it's a whole new world. So we thought, okay, Sasha's area of expertise is careers, mine is partying, so let's mesh it together. And generally around the same time of a young person's life, they're looking at uh, getting a part-time job and picking their subjects for their, school, for their sort of school onwards and university. And, 
and for what they'd like to do in their career. And at that same time, the parties start. So Mash made in heaven. <laughs> yeah, for, right. So for a parent, they kind of don't really know what those two worlds are like. So we do. So we put it together into a book. And um, I said to Sash, right, we've put this on hold for long enough. Let's do it. And she said, yep. So we fi- finished the script and then I literally emailed 10 publishing houses and one of them picked us up. So what was that like yeah, for you? Yeah, we were pretty lucky. Well, we got the call from, and this wasn't. I mean, there's a guy called Steve Biddulph who has published um, books, raising boys and raising girls, and they have sold, you know, forty plus million around the world and been translated into multiple different languages. And that was his publishing house that picked us up. So it was we were blown away by that. So again, they they were in Sydney. So I said to we said, right, we need to get on a plane. We can't do this over the phone. So we jumped on the plane. <laughs> we like to be in front of people. You might have gathered, as I've said, sort of a lot of times. So we jumped on the plane and, and went up and sat down with the publishing house and they said, yeah, we really like what you're doing. So let's um, let's get it out there. And it sold, um, I think our first two print runs sold out before it hit the shelves. So that was pretty cool. Wow. Sold yeah. out before they went on sale. Yeah, so that means that it was sold to, I think we were in K-March, no, we were in Big W, sorry, Big W um, around Australia and in, in New Zealand yeah. and in bookstores and stuff all over the place. And so, yeah, it had actually been sold out to those places to, yeah, a couple of times. They had to do two print runs before wow. before it was actually, yeah. So, uh, so that was awesome. If, yeah, uh, if people was- are interested, where can they find it? Uh, now on my uh, on our website, so on my website, you'll get a you'll throw that up at the end, or should I? Just yeah, no, you can you can uh, plug it here, but we'll do it at the end too. <laughs> <laughs> so it's wholenewworld.com.au is my website, and um, yeah, people can get it from there. Beautiful. the uh, The ingredient X theory is the theory that instead of being born successful. Over time, successful people develop a special characteristic or an ingredient X in their personality. Being widely respected in your role as a speaker, what are your thoughts on this? Yeah, I, this is something that fascinates me. I, I, I walk into schools and I can pick out the student leaders straight away before I've been introduced to them. They have this thing about them that is common throughout every school leader that I've ever met. They look straight in your eyes. They'll shake your hand. They'll use your name. They'll speak confidently. And, yeah, it's, it's just amazing. I, I just I see it over and over again. And it fascinates me. How does a young person get to be like that? How does a young person, and I've, I've come across so many young people over the years who have, been dealt the worst deal ever, things that they are dealing with that you and I would not even begin to imagine on a daily basis and they are superstars, you know, who are confident and resilient and tough and, and, and will go on to do amazing things and then people who have been given everything and they have the smallest thing happen to them and it all falls apart and that just fascinates me. So I... I I think in terms of what I've been able to do, I've had lots of conversations that have been game changers for me, moments uh, uh, watching movies that, I've, that have really resonated with me or read books or, you know, um, had uh, encounters with people that have just, that have changed sort of lots of things in me. Um, so... I I think I said I don't know if I, I don't think I was born with it. I think it's happened along the way, to to be able to do what I do and and, ha- and achieve some kind of you know little level of of success in my little world over here. Yeah, yeah. Um, so you'd be more inclined to believe that, like, despite where we find ourselves, it's more of an environmental impact onto onto our skill set that can can change our own circumstances. Perhaps. Yeah, I think, well, that's true for me. Yeah, that's true for me. But then you see some little kids <laughs> have conversations with little kids and they're just so wise beyond their years. Yeah. And it's like, how did you get to be like that? You know, <laughs> did you come out that way? So young. <laughs> what is it about you? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, they're just like, what? 
So I don't know. I, I think I'll spend my lifetime trying to work that one out and it does actually really interest me, the psychology of how do people get to be the way that they are. Um, and, you know, like, for instance, going back to Gary Vee, Gary Vee had a great childhood. It wasn't that he was he was um, trying to get out of uh, or, or get away from a terrible childhood or he was trying to, you know, that was his inspiration was to get out of that situation. He had, he had, he'll tell you I had an amazing childhood, I had fantastic parents. So often that's kind of the push that people have to become great is that they're trying to sort of prove something to or, or get out of a situation. But, yeah, so it's not sort of a common theme across everybody. But, it, yeah, it is a very, it's something that fascinates me. But for, uh, for me, I would say it's been environmental factors, relationships, people, conversations, and my willingness to always, always learn. Yeah. How much of an influence do you think parents do have on our success and our development as, as kids? Oh, that's so hard because I've got so many examples of either way, both ways. Yeah. Um, of, you know, of young people just thriving in, in the worst circumstances, but then, then, then the, the reverse as well. So I don't know. I try and be the kind of parent who, um, who listens and, and instigates conversation and especially asks, uh, asks my children, how do you feel about everything? I say, how do you feel about that? You know, how did that make you feel? What did that? What did that sort of um, spark in you? So that because I have boys and I want them to talk, I want them to you know communicate and be very um, open with their feelings. Um, because you know we've got a lot of boys in our country that struggle with being able to do that, and we've got some pretty damaging things happening to our young men because of that that inability to be able to reach out or to communicate their feelings. So I'm really careful with that. Um, but having said that, I had a really great mum and a really crap dad. So, <laughs> so yeah, I, I, I'm not sure about that one. I think I've seen lots of both. So, bit of a mixed bag then. Yeah, it is what you make it, sort of thing. Well, I think it is. You know, I think you have to just go. All right, I will be I've successful. Had that experience. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I'm going to do my best. Yeah, if I want success, then I've got to get it myself. Yeah, that's fair. Despite what's happening. Where can we find you, Sonia? It's plug time. Mm. So I am on social media as Sonia Karras, at Sonia Karras. So that's S-O-N-Y-A-K-A-R-R-A-S. Say that fast um, next time. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> sorry, I'm a speaker. you got to go fast. you got to get it all in. So S-O-N-Y-A-K-A-R-R-A-S. AS and uh, yeah, that's across all the social media platforms. And my website is wholenewworld.com.au. Beautiful. You've been great, Sonia. Thank you so much. Uh, I really appreciate your time. I appreciate it. That was fun. Cheers, Grady. Thank you. Wish you all the success. G'day. Thanks for listening through the Sonia Karras interview. I don't know about you, but I know I don't know what I don't know. So having such a welcoming person, such an open book to teach me some new things has been amazing this time around. Thanks again, Sonia. As always, you can find me on Instagram at Grady Tyson and Facebook at The Ingredient X Podcast. Stay tuned for some conversations you won't want to miss right here on The Ingredient X Podcast.